0: Wonderful. A um, little better now? Oh, yes, yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. You're the best man. Um, on my run this morning, uh, I, I asked a question that I know a lot, of, uh, a lot of us have been asking, and that is, God, what are you doing right now? What, what are you doing right now? What do you need to reveal to me? and this is a this is a question that i know a lot of us are asking especially recently because we're growing in this understanding that we're co-laborers with God. We have God's ear and like Jesus what he said in in John 8:38 he says uh, I, I only speak what i see the father doing. And so like his disciples we really just want to be super attentive to what God's doing. I just want to be a part of what He's doing, because I know that there's lasting uh, result in what He's doing. There's meaningful result in what He's doing. Uh, I won't be wasting my time if I speak what I see the Father doing, if I jump in and partake in what I see the Father doing. And so while I was running this morning, I'm just thinking about this morning. I said, God, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? And he said, I, I just... I said, said, what what do I need to know, God? And he said, they need to know that I love them. And so how many times have we heard this morning from when we started praying together at 9.30 and hearing prophecy, uh, hearing just the hearts of so many people that have come up that you know, we just believe God wants you to know that he loves you. And if you're here this morning, I will repeat that because we cannot say it enough that God loves you so dearly. Uh, he loves you so dearly, he's given his only son so that you could have access to him. You would have eternal life with him. And not just one day you'd be floating in the clouds. No, it's not like that. It's that you would have life with him here on earth. So everything you go through, you would do it with him. And so um, this, is, um, this is definitely something we, we need to keep remembering, just how much we're loved, how much we're loved. Last week, I, um, I talked about Loving intentionally together, and it's not so much of a message, but rather like a movement. So um, this is what I see the Father doing. I see the Father wanting to communicate His great love for us in in a big way. And I'm not saying this is like something brand new. Hey guys, guess what? Like I just got news that like God loves you. (laughs) Like (laughs) like this is something. Obviously, He's He is love. Scripture says that He is love. That's His nature but I am saying that there are times where revelation that we get from God has a different emphasis on it, okay? Sometimes when we get revelation from God, and this is what I'm growing in, and that's understanding um, the emphasis that he's putting on it, okay, in that moment. I don't want to shout, the things that God is just whispering to me. And I don't want to whisper the things that God is shouting. You guys following me on that? All revelation from God is perfect and amazing, but there are some things, there's like, there's an emphasis on that now. There's an emphasis. He really wants us to understand that. Like, in other words, what's a big deal to God? And granted, love has always been a big deal to God. Always is. But, there's a lot for us to take hold of, and he's really trying to get our attention on this, on this thing called love. Um, so many people I'm coming to see um, really need to hear that right now. I had, a, I had a moment in my office, I think it was Thursday, and uh, I had a, a couple of the surgical technicians come into my office. They had to ask me a question, and uh, I see that one of the young girls um, just got a ring on her finger. I could see she's engaged, so I started talking with her about it. And I started talking with her about her and her fiancé and um, just how they're doing. I was just asking them how they're doing and, you know, it just reassured her. Now's the time of joy, you know, just enjoy it. Although it can be stressful, just enjoy it. And uh, I asked them how are they doing with like working things out, you know, in this season of preparation before they, you know, make that awesome covenant as one together. And she shared with me that they're they're having some of the tough conversations. And I said, well, you know, probably the biggest conversation to have that you have to iron out first and foremost, and that is uh, your beliefs, your faith. You know, what, you have to have you know a, a common vision, a common belief. As to you know um, how you want to raise your family, the direction, the vision you guys are gonna you know commit your life to, and uh, the standard of how you ought to love and and, and see each other, and uh, and she shared with me that <clears throat> that she is she's Buddhist and her husband's Catholic, and they haven't had that conversation, and uh, and so I started sharing some of the things of God with her, just just like how wonderful God is, and and uh, and just. I just talked for a little bit, and, um, and all of a sudden, she just breaks down crying, and she had this moment with God. She had just like step out of the office and just just bawling, and she said, I just, I needed you to tell me that Jesus Christ loves me. So I just needed you to tell me that Jesus Christ loves me. I don't even know what came out of my mouth. I really, I I don't even know if those words came out of my mouth. I was just talking and just talking and glorifying God and it just kind of came out. And you see, that is what happens when, when we abide with God. You know, we are, Scripture says that we're actually partakers of His divine nature. And so, What I let me back up. Let's just let's just remember and honor the fact and acknowledge the fact that once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord, we become one with God in Christ. One with God in Christ. God shares his very spirit nature with us. And God has chosen to dwell in us. And so sometimes the things that we say there is so much power that comes out of us and we don't even know it. Like in that moment, I remember just stepping back into my office after she left. I was just like, wow, God. Wow, wow. Scripture says in, uh, in 1 Peter 4.11, um, it says, Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God and whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. So whoever speaks, when we abide in God in Christ, we actually, let's just remember as He's telling us that we're actually speaking oracles of God. Oracles are divine revelation, divine wisdom that we're bringing forth. And this young girl needed to hear that Jesus Christ loved her. It's just amazing. And I'm sitting back like, wow, God, I didn't really have that plan. You know, kind of like what David was saying. He goes to the store and has this great opportunity to minister to. And just to love this woman. People are needing to hear how much God loves them right now. And I believe that a lot of us recognize the importance of love because we've dedicated our lives to love, to loving others, to loving God. But I just want to remind ourselves just how much God loves us. And therefore, you ought to love yourself in that same way. You've got to love yourself in the same way. you got to love yourself in the same way. This morning, I want to talk about um, this thing, love. Again, I I want to keep hitting this because I hear God shouting this and I don't want to take it lightly. I don't want to take it lightly. I do not at all. Love is is the, the biggest thing. It's supreme. It's number one. And like I spoke about last week, as Jesus told us, the number one command is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. Being God conscious. We worship him. He's, he's our affection. He's, he's where we set our affection to. And then Jesus said in the same way, love your neighbor like you love yourself. And a lot of times I focus on just the loving your neighbor selflessly, but I miss the fact that I have to love, we have to love ourselves First. I can't proper, we can't properly love other people if we do not love ourselves the way that God loves us and the way that he sees us. There's a difference between being uh, prideful and having great confidence. We ought to have great confidence in who we are. I mean, God gave his son for us so that we would be his. There's a great deal of confidence that comes with that, and he wants us to have that. And just how valued we are, whether you see it or not. In your own life, you have to see how much God loves you. You have to recognize that. So love is this big thing. And I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's it's the chapter of love. I didn't talk about it last week. I want to look at this with you this week. And when you're reading this, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing, he's describing what love is, okay? And I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation, and as I go through this, um, in light of what I've just said, that we've got to love God, we've got to love ourselves, and we've got to love others, read these verses with me through that lens of Am I, am I loving God like that? Am I loving myself like that? Am I loving others like that? Is, is that really what I'm expressing when I say that I love you? Is that a reality in my own life? When I look in the mirror, is that a reality? Is that this type of description of love a reality? Verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 13, he says, If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith, That could move mountains, but have never learned to love. I am nothing. That's like being really good at the theme God gave us this year, which is by faith, having faith to move all mountains. But if you do not love, He says you are nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. And if I were, oh, uh, verse four, "Love love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to somebody else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements or inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect. Ooh, I feel like there's something on that one. Love does not traffic in shame or disrespect. Man, the devil is so quick when we make a mistake to remind us of how bad that was and to usher in shame and to get us to think about our past ways we haven't measured up. Just usher that in. That's just the opposite of love, and we have to be intentional with guarding that. Love doesn't usher that in. It It doesn't allow that stuff to come in. And this is, I'm talking about your own vessel. I'm talking about who you are. You can't let that into the soul. Because the devil is going to whisper it. The demonic realm, the evil spirits, they'll whisper lies to you. But it's all just counterfeit, and I've grown to know that. It's all just counterfeit. A lot of the thoughts you have, they're just, just counterfeit. Counterfeit to the truth of what God's saying over you. Um, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. Ooh, love is not easily irritated. Sometimes I get really irritated with myself. It's not a good form of loving myself. Or quick to take offense. You know people... I know some of us have encountered people We're like, man, everything I say to you, you're offended. Everything you see or hear or read, you're offended. Every post someone makes, it offends you somehow. That's not love. Love is a safe place. Oh, no, wait, hold on. Let's go into verse six, sorry. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the grace or the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. In other words, love is what remains. It is above all. It's what is remembered. It's what is remembered. The way that you love other people, that's what they remember. They remember the love that you gave to them, that you showed them. The listening ear in the grocery store marked that woman's life. She had an encounter with God because the Holy Spirit dwells in David. And he stood there and loved her and listened to her in the grocery store. She walked away from that just feeling loved. Uh, a good friend uh, of mine, at, um, his name is Michael. He lives in California. He is, uh, he's a prophet within the body of Christ. And he's got a pretty radical story. The, uh, he, he was a chiropractor. And um, one night he has this dream. And the... Uh, <laughs> he could tell this obviously far better than I, but uh, he, he has this dream, and the Lord shows him this black canvas, and these paints, and this, this paintbrush, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff in the dream, and he wakes up, and he rolls over to his wife, and he says, I think the Lord is calling me to start painting, and uh, sure enough, he goes out, he's obedient, goes out, buys this black canvas, and you know, he's a uh, the Holy Spirit just comes upon him and he just has this amazing gift to paint. He's never painted in his life. And I want to show a picture of, uh, this is, he painted this. We saw him paint this. We were with him while he painted this a couple weeks ago. And he said, "Just uh," the Lord just starts showing him brush strokes to make. And there you have it you know and this is just one of just so many brilliant pieces that the lord has worked through him to create this unbelievable gifting that just came um, due to his obedience and um, to the holy spirit and uh, and you guys can view a lot more of his it artwork it's it's m.c.terry.art Um, You can see a whole bunch of his stuff, but his paintings minister to people. Um, He was just telling me last night that somebody, he got a note from somebody, they came into um, this room, saw his paintings, just started weeping because they saw his paintings somewhere else and were delivered once they saw his painting. I mean, it's just like, it's amazing what God can do. And I'm telling you this story because as cool as that is, like, wow, the Holy Spirit can just like come, you know, just to show you it, like how to paint and how to take up this, this whole new hobby and, and just this thing that just works in you. And, and as awesome it is to be, you know, to receive, you know, information from God like he does, to have such a great listening ear such as a prophet does in the body of Christ, of all those sweet, awesome, cool things, the one thing that stood out to me the most in my time with him is the way that he lovingly interacted with people. While we were watching him paint this, I saw so many people come up to him and, and he, he, he gets a stroke and somebody comes up to talk with him and he puts his paintbrush down. And this happened for like an hour. An hour. Just one after the next, he's clean off his paintbrush, you, know, you got to keep the paint wet, you can't let your paintbrush dry out, and he goes, is it, is it, okay, <laughs> put his paintbrush down, and, and I'm thinking to myself, because I'm the type of guy who, I, once I, I'm so linear, once I start something, I got to finish it, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at him just saying, wow, his interaction with people, like the task at hand means nothing to him, it's the people around him that mean the most because he's seeing people the way that God sees people. That they're way more important than a painting that he's been commissioned to, to, to produce. You know, It's way more important than just hearing words from God and speaking them forth as a prophet would do. What means the most and what I remember the most in his life is the way that he interacted with people. That's what gets remembered. Look at a verse in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. You are always and dearly loved by God, so robe yourself with the virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endure, as you endeavor to understand others, and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable, in your patience with others, tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. Verse 14, for love is supreme and it must flow through each of these virtues. Love is becomes the mark of true maturity. Love in us becomes the mark of true maturity. Not how many Bible verses you've remembered, which, by the way, I see the Lord putting an emphasis on. This is a side note. I see the Lord putting an emphasis on each of us to know scripture, to read it not just to know scripture but to know him I see the Lord leading us into that right now it's a, there's a big emphasis on that so that's. but that's not the mark of true maturity though see when we read scripture it's not just to know scripture but it's to know him and God is love and so then therefore when we come to know love We have a different understanding of really what that looks like and how to operate and bring that forth in our lives and the lives around us. But uh, love is is the mark of, of true spiritual maturity. Not how many paintings you've done. Not how many classes you've taken in the study of God's Word. It's not getting your PhD it's none of those things. It's love. Love is the mark of true spiritual maturity. A couple years ago, Bob and I went to South Africa to a conference out there, and there's a minister by the name of Daniel Kalenda. He leads up Christ for All Nations ministry, and a guy by the name of Todd White. Some of you guys have heard him. And, you know, we go out there and. Um, Daniel Kalenda's ministry is absolutely huge. Um, Reinhard Bunke was the one who founded it. And then Daniel Kalenda takes it over. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, it's a massive. I mean, they've, they've they reached millions of soul. Millions of people have like, recorded that, yes, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. I mean, they'll preach to, to the hundreds of thousands. And this is a guy that you know, Bob and I you know, got, to, got to kind of be with. First, you know, we... we We listened, and and, and they spoke, and all that stuff. But it it turned out that Bob and I really just ended up ministering with them uh, as we were just praying over people. And and long and short, Bob and I go back into the greenhouse, or the greenhouse, green room, with Daniel and and with Todd. And um, I'll never forget what Daniel said over me. He looks at me, and he goes, Garrett, I am so glad that you are here with us right now. The love that I felt from that brother in Christ meant more to me than, I mean, I know he's doing great things in the body of Christ and the Lord's working through him, but just to have somebody look me in the eye and say, man, I'm, Bob, I'm really glad you're here with us this morning. Just really glad you're here with us. Like, that's what I remember. I don't remember what he preached. I don't remember, you know, how many people got healed that he touched. You know, I don't, I don't remember any of that. But I remember, that it just marked me. Just when someone looks you in the eyes and genuinely means this, when they say, Doug, I am so glad you are here with us this morning. I'm really, really glad you're here with us. It's just this love that gets remembered. And so, in all of our believing, in, in everything that, that we believe about ourselves and, and what we believe about God, my question is to each of us to take home is, Is your faith being expressed through love? Is what you believe being expressed through love? Because you can believe a lot of different things. You can believe wrong things about yourself. You can have faith in the wrong thing about you when you look in the mirror. You can definitely believe the wrong thing. God is saying, hey, I want you to, to see you, to see me, and to see them the way that I see them. And the expression of our right believing is gonna have to be expressed by love. Galatians, this is the last verse I'll read with you. Galatians 5, 6. This is gonna be from the New Living Translation. It says, for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. But what is important is faith. Expressing itself in love. Faith expressing itself in love. Not how right you are in your understanding of Scripture or your stance in this worldly matter or that or this or that. What's most important is your believing being expressed through love. So in other words, you can be spot on in your understanding of, let's say you, you, um, you don't agree with somebody's view on something. You can be spot You could actually really be right. And this, let's just be clear, there's a chance you may not be right too. But <laughs> you might be right. But if you're not loving, in the Lord's eyes, he's like, you're wrong. You're just wrong. Because what's most important is love. What's most important is love. And I see the body of Christ right now coming together in a big way, in a very big way. You know how many churches are gathering right now that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord, that have access to God the Father, their creator, and yet they're not too fond of this person over here because they believe that, or that group that believes that, or this group that says that, or Stop being easily offended. What if we kept the main thing, the main thing, the most important thing, which is being a people who follow Jesus, who keep love as the greatest priority. And again, I see this happening right now all throughout the body of Christ. And when I say I see, I'm going back to what Jesus said in 838, where he says, I only speak of what I see the Father doing. And I see the emphasis that God has right now within the body of Christ, within your hearts and within your homes and within your communities that are going to make love the number one thing, loving him, loving yourself, loving others, and being very intentional with it, being very intentional with it. It's not easy. It's not one of those things that you just drift into like making the choice to love somebody. <laughs> like love, love, it takes effort. It takes effort to stand in the grocery store and listen to a woman for 30 minutes. And we have the opportunity to do it together. We're in this together. We all follow Jesus together. The Lord Jesus Christ, we follow him together I just feel and see this movement right now. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it not just in this church, but in so many other churches. I see what the Lord's doing. That we're called to love intentionally together right now. And that is what the world needs to see. That's what the world has been longing for somebody to encounter them, to have an encounter with someone who displays love, expresses love, so they can hear that they've been loved for the very first time by the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're that vessel. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And I don't care what you think of yourself because I care what he thinks. And he says you're worthy. He sent his son to die for you. So put aside the differences. Put aside your stance on things. Let your only stance be that of love. I'm choosing to love you. Even even whether I'm right or wrong. I'm gonna choose to love you. Because we all got a judge. We all got the same judge. We're all gonna be judged by him one day. Man, I'm just so thankful. I'm not the judge. When I learned that a long time ago, it really made my life a lot easier. It really did. Just so much internal angst to like get them to see this way. And it's like, oh wait, hold on. I'm not their judge. I can, I can totally disapprove of what you're doing. But I'm gonna just, just going to love you. I mean, I'm going to... And if... Yeah, I'm just... I love you. And I'm going to pray for you. Man, the world needs us. The world needs you. The world needs you in the supermarket. The world needs you at the office. So just keep shining. You've got the divine nature in you. Believe this: that when you speak, things are coming out of you that have far more power than what you understand. The power is not in the craftiness of your word, how you formulate it. It's not there. Not like, well, "What am I going to say?" or "How am I going to say it?" I don't want to sound like an idiot. You know, I want to like. We've all done that dance. You're a little anxious about what. How, well, I, I could never see myself doing that. The power is not in the craftiness of your word. The power is found in the way that the Holy Spirit is going to land that in the heart of the recipient. We just love. We just walk in love. That's it. Mm. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We love you, God, because you loved us First. How sweet it is, Father, that we could understand love. So, Father, thanks for working in our hearts just this emphasis that you are are showing us right now, Father, that you have on this very topic. Father, help help us um, just take this very very common word, common phrase, and help us um, understand it that much deeper, God, that we would be filled with the knowledge of your will, of your will, in every circumstance, in every situation, Father. We love you, and I thank you, Father, for the world changers that are hearing this, that it is truly by love that will change the atmosphere, God. And we love you, we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.